Hello, and welcome to the Sleep It or Not podcast. We are not doctors and not providing medical advice on our podcast. We are just a brother and a sister going through a bariatric surgery and sharing our journey. We are going to share what we have gone through and what we are going through, and we may mention things that have helped us along the way. Always check with your doctor before making any changes to your lifestyle that may affect your health. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast, and please search Sleep It or Not podcast on Instagram to follow our page. We truly look forward to growing with all of you. Now let's get started with today's episode. All right, well, welcome to the next and latest episode of Sleep It or Not podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, with Kim, and we have a couple special guests today. This is our fifth episode, called this one All in the Family. And uh, it's um, it's been a, it's been quite a ride so far. We're down, you know, we're down some weight. We're up some episodes. Uh, we've got people listening to our podcast, so we're pretty excited about that, keeping our Instagram uh, lifted off. And we just want to continue providing the info for you, providing some awesome guests for you, and bringing it to you every single, well, every other week. So today's guest, are very near and dear to our hearts, people that we love very, very much. And I will go ahead and let Kim introduce our special guest today. Hello. Today we have our beautiful mom, Debbie, and our sister, Eva. And they're going to share their story with us today. Yep. So a little bit of background. I mean, we've talked about it before in previous episodes, but we are a family of bariatric surgery at this point. Uh, me and Kim were the last ones to join the join the mix. Mom had her surgery. Do you know? remember what year it was? 2001. 2001. So it's been like 22, 23 years. So that's... Next, in two weeks. In two weeks, it'll be what? 23 years. 23 years. So mom's been, you know, she's had this surgery for 23 years. So we look at it as a huge resource and advantage to us to have somebody that has had that surgery so long ago and has lived, lived you know, life post-surgery, the ups and downs, the all around. So we're glad to have you here today, mom. And uh, Eva, what year did you have your surgery? Mm, 2017 2017 so what were yeah 2017 so you're on your seventh year no going on my sixth year going on your sixth i can't count you know it's it is it is thursday so 2018 2018 july 11 2018 okay cool cool and what surgery did you have the gastric sleeve gastric sleeve mom gastric bypass gastric. R&Y, which was they call it r and y okay the ruin why nice so that's different. So we have somebody who's had the gastric bypass here, and then we have a VSG, uh, which is the the gastric sleeve that's you know had it you know seven seven years ago, six seven years ago. So that's uh, definitely some good assets for me and Kim to have right off the bat coming out of surgery, the ins and outs, and what worked and what didn't. And I mean because we're related, we do have probably similar tolerances of foods and stuff probably because it's in our genes but again we are really happy to hear uh for you all to be here and this is just a you know another part of our journey that's documented that we're have the pleasure of being able to actually hear y'all's story from your perspective and being able to share that with uh, our listeners so kim you can go and kind of get them started and just kind of see you know where this thing goes okay so mom we're gonna go with you first what led you to your decision to have your surgery well over the course of my lifetime. I was 48 or 47 when I had the surgery and um, I had been on every diet there was. Mm -hmm. I had lost weight. I had gained double the weight and so I had gotten up to 284 pounds and I was just even even had my mouth wired shut at one point and um, was on a liquid diet. I had just gotten to the point that I tried everything and nothing worked. I was 
desperate by that point to get to do something. Being at 284 and having children and, and one grandchild, I just I wanted to be able to live longer and live a better life. And so I decided that that was for me. And I went to see the doctor and he agreed with me and that was it. That's awesome. So I, that was a long time ago. And I know that technology's changed since then. Information has changed since then. Um, probably even diet plans have changed because food has changed in the last 23 years. So do you feel like you got a lot of support from your doctor when you went as far as education wise? Mm. Was there a lot of do's and don'ts? You know, There wasn't a lot of support at that time as far as pre-op. Mm-hmm. saw the doctor once or twice before my surgery. I saw the nutritionist once. There was no psychological exam evaluations yeah. or anything. So uh, you don't know what to expect. And I have and still have a love affair with food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they do have they did have a support group once that met once a month at the hospital and we could go there and that's where I met some people that had been through the surgery and they gained all their weight back Mm -hmm. and they were doing it all over again but that you have to remember that was 23 years ago but it does happen I mean it can get away from you so they were people that had had gastric bypass surgery just like you Mm -hmm. and that had gained their weight back and they were going to the support group to restart the diet not to have surgery again. No, some of them were going to have the surgery again because there like was a revision. There, there revision. Their stomachs had expanded mm-hmm. because of what they were eating or drinking and or overeating. So the doctor was going to do a revision mm-hmm. to get them started like, again. To help them. They didn't have the, the reboot like they call it now. Right. Cool. Emma? What led you to the decision to have surgery? I've always been overweight. High school, junior high, a little kid, patty patty. Mm. I've always been overweight. I just decided that I wanted to go ahead and do it and I went to a doctor. Mine was done in Mexico though. I went and I got it done in Mexico and it was something that I had already decided I was gonna do. I was referred to this doctor and when I checked it out and he talked to me for a little bit and he said, we could do it tomorrow if you want to. And I said, um, I'm not ready for tomorrow. I had blood work and everything done and he asked me if I wanted to go to see a psychiatrist to see, you know, if I was going to need the mental help. I opted out of that and three days later I had my surgery. Good thing, you know, good thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, no, no we cannot and, operate on this woman. No, I'm just kidding. As far as like being scared or anything, mm-hmm. I was scared because I was in another country and I had six kids back in the U.S. But I mean, it was good. It was smooth. If I want to go every day to see him, I can go every day to see him. He does have support groups and stuff out there as well. You mm-hmm. want to go? I was 333 pounds when I had my surgery, and I'm um, 232 pounds now. Good job. So, Mom, did you do you have do you know your numbers as far as what you were and? She, she said I was 284, and now I'm. When you had the surgery, when I had the surgery, and I've been back up to like 205, but I'm at 168 yeah you look great so you guys are both doing a great job i think um we talked about it i think maybe even last week i'm not 100 percent, but this is a lifelong thing right we can't go back this is a decision that we made and you have to be able to give yourself grace you know what i mean because you're not always gonna you're not always gonna be able to kill it you know there's gonna be ups and downs and and that's the that's the journey so you know i would say always i mean just be proud of how far you've come both of you uh i know that we're still babies even though our weight loss has been pretty 
pretty substantial. I'm very happy with how I'm feeling these days. And, and uh, I do feel like the surgery was a great choice for both of us. I just saw Kim, so just to give you guys an idea, I like to do this because last time we had our episode, Kim was at home and we were doing a FaceTime call. Typically we're in my bedroom at my desk and we're recording it in a, in a bedroom and, and doing it that way. And today we're at mom's house uh, in her dining room. It's open open ceiling area so there's a lot more like space in the air but kim came in today and you know kim is a young 49 and uh she's got braces on her teeth now and uh she's you know lost a substantial amount of weight so she's looking i don't i don't know i mean i know she's my sister but i i kind of i don't recognize you you know what i mean it's and it's a good thing i mean you look you look great so kudos to you kim and um thank you i was gonna get into what i wanted to get into before we get to here is i, I wanted to talk about the process, right? So you went, you went, and you had your surgery, mom. Was it in and out surgery? Were you home the same day? No, I spent one night. One night, okay. And but then I, I had surgery. I was cut five, six inches, mm -hmm. and had staples. And, and then when you when you got home, what was your recovery? What did your recovery look like? Did you have? <laughs> And I gotta ask the question, but did you have support? Did you have people helping you? Actually, Eva was there with me mm -hmm. and, and your dad. And Eva had gotten me a recliner that helps lift me out of the sleep. One of those electronic ones, electronic, I remember that. Electronic, because I was sleeping in the recliner at night right. because it was too hard to get in and out of the bed. And she was making sure I had my jello and popsicles and broth and all that. And it was about two weeks and then I went back to work for a day just so I could do payroll and then I went back out and then I went back out for another week where were you were working you I mean you had some good like vacation time that you were just taking you weren't did you need six, to recover six I had to take sick leave okay uh, but I had a desk job so mm -hmm. it wasn't like I were heavy lifting I was or heavy lifting or anything but I still had to drive 45 minutes yep to get to work every day. So how long did it take you to start normalizing as far as like, you know, getting used to this food and your new digestive system? Did they put you on multivitamins and things like that back then? Uh, yes, but I wasn't a good... You weren't a good patient? I wasn't a good patient. Okay. Because they kind of made me nauseous. Not nauseous, yeah. yeah. So I just didn't take them and I can tell you you need to take them because later on in life you suffer because you didn't you, you haven't taken right them. start getting into a heavy deficiency it's really hard to kind of catch yeah. up and re-regulate uh, b12 anemic i am uh, diabetic now mm -hmm. thyroid is i'm on thyroid pills that i wasn't on before but that's because of the weight loss is not because the low thyroid or the, the low th the, yeah, the low inactive thyroid, thyroid yeah. inactive thyroid it's just something your body changes right it's a, yeah, I mean that's what and I, I'm and I'm 70 years old now. It's are not, you? <laughs> it's not like I'm a young oh my gosh. young kid, right? Like you all. Yeah, young Thanks, like like me. Just single me out. You can do that because you're the youngest. I am. Um, Eva, your recovery, your when you got home, how did how did that go for you? I mean, I, okay, so hold on before I let you answer that. Eva has Eva has six kids, okay? She's got four that live with her right now. So, and they're all teenagers. So there's a lot going on there. But seven years ago, six years ago, they were what? I mean, where were these Nine. kids at? They were, they were in middle school and, and elementary. Mm -hmm. So she had young kids at that time getting home after sleeve surgery and, and 
you know, Martin, your husband, he was, was he here when you? He was here for three days and then he left. So he was here the day of surgery, the day after surgery, and then he left the day after that. Okay. Shout out to Martin because I know he listens to a podcast because he just messaged me and said he loves it. So just so you guys know. Yeah. So how did it go when you got home? Uh, did you, did, was it in and out? Did you come right home after the surgery? No, I stayed overnight. Overnight. And then you came home the next day and then... Did, did you get a, rec a special recliner like mom too? Mine was the one that you pull. Mm -hmm. So he went to the store to buy me popsicles because I wanted popsicles that day. And he left me with JJ. Okay. And JJ pulled it and I thought I was going to fly backwards. <laughs> but mine was different from your all's because you all, we have the same incisions. Mm -hmm. But I had a hose. Oh, yeah. I had a I had a drain, a drain kind yeah. of for seven days mm -hmm. that I would have to like clean out, and I also would slip in the recliner because I was afraid of I was afraid of that hose falling out or it getting stuck or something. So yeah, that was the only difference. But I've had four C sections already, so it didn't really the, just another C section. It wasn't or what? painful. I didn't feel it painful at all. So I was up and around driving. I was I drove like the day after I got out of surgery. I went to the movies the day after I got out of surgery. And two weeks later, she had a birthday party. Oh yeah, I celebrated my 40th birthday party. Boom. Mm -hmm. Because we're still kind of going through the new part of it. It's like, you know, when you get full, it feels like it's like up here and it happens very quick with some foods. That is something that can be kind of like, it can kind of scare you sometimes, you know what I mean? Because you don't know what's going on you're just learning. You don't know like if you're gonna break something, you don't, you know what I mean? Even when you drink something, like if you drink something out of a bottle and it's got like bubbles as it goes in, it start builds like an air bubble and you feel like you don't know what to do. You don't know if you're gonna hurl, you don't know if it's gonna go down, you don't know if you need a burp, you just don't know what it is, right? So you have to kind of go in a corner by yourself and just kind of like let it pass. Do you guys still have to go through that stuff now? Is it regulated? more where you can like chug a bottle of water or it depends on the day actually hmm. you know like if it's if it's water or if it's wine or how your stomach feels that day that yeah or how your stomach feels that day because sometimes it fills up really fast and sometimes you can eat all day if you want well i know because we were talking about this the other day and not on the podcast but and we're going to get into it i think on a later episode but you know how we were talking about you eva you were talking about how you eat like or we can eat cheetos or like stuff like that and you never get full from it you know it's just it's like it's like almost like you could eat like you used to but you can't and the, the thing is is that i was looking into that and it's called they're called slider foods so the slider foods just they're slide they slide right through you and they kind of go to your lower intestine and chill but you're just filling yourself up with this stuff and it's like really bad right but you get such a fix out of it because you get to have a little piece of the old you you know what i mean whether it be like because for me that's the same way like with the like cheeto puffs or with popcorn. tortilla chips or with popcorn at the movies i mean because popcorn you can just you can go to town with popcorn you can go to town with popcorn but like with the cheetos like i can be there eating them eating them eating them i don't feel full but i start feeling sick sick yeah you start feeling sick because it's like from the reaction to the food or from being overstuffed no, no i don't feel stuffed i just start feeling like nauseous. sick like nauseous like, mm -hmm. and then i'm like okay maybe i've eaten too many because i'm not counting them chips and stuff as well but my main go-to would be like cheese crackers and cheetos which like cheese it's yeah okay i stopped doing those for already like three or four months and i noticed the difference because i lost some weight i haven't gained any more weight you just be popping them in like all day and you don't realize how many calories you're actually intaking from all those and all that weight and i've stopped that and since i stopped that i've been able to lose a little bit more weight but i don't help my weight like i don't work out and i don't do anything like that so that's another thing like 
you can't expect for the surgery to do all the work for you you got to know what you're going to eat and you got to want to go out there and and exercise and find time to exercise i think i do enough with all the kids at the house that's my exercise but i did cut out on food like certain foods because I wasn't looking at the calories, and when I looked at them the other day, I was like, oh my God, I was like 2,000 calories in one day just from little those little cinnamon candies or whatever, yeah. just to be having something, something. in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's good information also for our listeners because they need to know. I mean, we, we talk about it too. This is, this is a tool. You have to use it. If you don't use the tool, it's not going to work. So if you're still doing the same stuff that you were doing, you're inching in on, on some stuff because you can get away with it, you're only cheating yourself. So, and I say that with love because we're all in the same boat. We're all going through it. And like I said earlier, give yourself some grace if you do end up doing stuff like that, but please just recognize it. And like Nima Karazi, I was listening to his last episode and he was, he's going through it right now. He's going through some weight gain. He's very transparent with his audience, which I love. And it's good information for me because I'm addicted to food. We all are. Everybody at this table loves food more than we probably should. So when people go through it and they're honest about it and they have their podcast and they're talking about it and he's saying like, hey, for the month of February, I have a plan. I'm going to do a pouch reset. He has it in his head that he knows that the only way that he can go back to the way the surgery is supposed to work is by shrinking his stomach back to the way it's supposed to be and start recognizing when you're full again and start putting only the food that's going to provide you those proteins and everything that you need to gain muscle and lose fat. We got to keep this a lifelong thing. So uh, again, I think it's okay that you you hiccup but just keep on going you know what i mean so yeah i think it was also interesting that mom mentioned that you know she's had her surgery 23 years ago but yours was an incision versus like like a laparoscopic type Mm -hmm. where when um we were talking to our surgeon about when we were trying to decide do we want the sleeve or do we want to have the gastric bypass they're both uh, orthoscopic like it doesn't have to be there's no incisions except for the little like maybe the small one and that's it so i think that's interesting with that over time that has even changed yeah mom do you feel you were prepared for what happened after surgery as far as you know i know that we still desire the same foods or we feel like okay i'm you know when you're asked you know what do you want to eat you know the same old question you're always asked and there's a time where like i'm hungry and i want everything but i know i have to pick what I'm going to eat and again make sure that it's nutritious for myself and that it's going to serve my body do you feel like you were prepared after surgery with you know did you have enough knowledge were you educated enough or did you feel like you went back to your same diet and how did that work for you I didn't go back to my same diet I tried tuna fish my grandmother used to tell me that if she had a can of tuna fish and a jar of dip, dill pickles that that's all that I ever needed to eat because I love tuna fish. After I had the surgery, I got sick eating tuna fish one time. I have never eaten it again. I don't even want to smell it. It, wow. it just and like, you, know what? you have different tastes. You have different, like I love pork, but I don't, I can't eat bacon anymore. Just mm-hmm. the, even the smell or just telling me bacon is I don't want. And the bacon has been since the surgery it, or it did just, it? Some... It just happened like a couple of years ago that I just, I can't eat bacon. I just don't want it. It could be your body just not agreeing with the fats in the bacon and making you like sick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is good if you're able everything, to listen to your body and get rid of it. changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, but, but you're rec- I mean, you've been in it long enough where you know, like, I can't eat this stuff. This like, stuff is not going to make me feel good. I like you know? cold things. I like watermelon. I like sushi. I like. Oh, I mean, I still like pasta, you know, but yeah. I'll, I'll fill my plate with spaghetti and I'll eat about a fourth of it 
if that much because I can't I can't eat it. Yeah, and I agree with you with the cold much. stuff. The cold yeah. stuff has kind of been where it's at for me because I get excited about food and I'm cooking it and I'm getting it all ready and then I have some bites and I start feeling sick. So for me, it's just easier to have even tuna fish. I like, I still like tuna fish. Tuna fish, uh, chicken salad, you know, shredded chicken with some avocado slices and some tomatoes, you know. But it's so cool to be able to like put that on a plate and actually be full from eating some something so small. Like food takes none of my time anymore, which I guess it's cool because food is like the most precious. I mean, food is the most precious resource. Damn right. No, <laughs> time is the most precious resource that anybody could, you know, that anybody could have, you know? So the fact that you don't have to waste it on something that took so much of your life's time and thought, even though we're still guilty of it, right? Cause you're like, man, I only get a little bit of it. What am I gonna, what am I gonna down? What is it gonna be? You know, especially on like the weekends or- Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you know, and we had a great Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. It was, it was good. It was tasty. Y'all made some sugar-free stuff for us and it was, it was really good. So- Ella, were you prepared for the aftermath of surgery? Were you still wanting the same foods and realized, oh man, I can only have so much or did they make you sick? Well, my doctor put me five weeks of Gatorade. So I wasn't eating how you all ate like the next week, like a we had scrambled egg or whatever you go, you all said that you that you ate. I was like, really? No, mine told me Gatorade and it had to be blue just in case I threw up or something that would be able to see the red if it was blood or whatever. So when I went back after my fifth week and he said that I can start eating like other things, but it had to be soft foods, he didn't want me to eat egg or anything at it. So I went and bought V8. And when I drank that V8, it was like the best thing in the world because it had flavor other than Gatorade. But now like egg, there'll be a days that I want egg and I'll go make an egg and it makes me sick. I can't eat egg. I cannot stand the smell of chicken. I can't look at chicken, especially if it looks like red. It makes me sick. Sausage patties. I can't eat sausage patties anymore. Those make me sick just to think of it too. And just today, like I was like, what am I going to eat? And there's stuff to eat there, but I didn't want anything. And I wanted oatmeal and two bites into the oatmeal. I didn't want oatmeal anymore. So I ate a popsicle and ice. I, I love to be crunching on ice, like something cold. And I like more cold stuff than hot stuff now. Hmm. That's a, that's actually like really interesting. And I would like to know more about people. If people post-surgery just enjoy cold food more than they enjoy hot food. Like I'm wondering if it's like an us thing or if it's like across the board, people just tolerate cold food better because I don't get as sick as I do with like, I don't know, hot food. It could just be like one or two bites and I already just, I can't anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. But with cold food, like today I went home, I, I, I got an avocado and I mashed it up and I put some black beans in there and I put some shredded chicken on there, some salt and pepper and that's what I ate. I ate, and I ate all of it. I ate the whole avocado and a little bit of chicken and a, you know, a little bit of black beans and I was good. I'm not hungry anymore, you know? I oh. think it's more refreshing, that's probably. And then you all were talking about like how much you can drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. Water, I don't like water, but I have started drinking more water. And the time where I want more water, I don't know why, is like as soon as I get out of the shower. That's another thing, like I, I feel more lightheaded now. I see like little yellow dots, black dots. The other day I was outside and I literally fell backwards and I didn't even know. And the girls were like, mom, are you okay? And are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I got up like, like as of nothing, but I don't know that's like, that goes back to vitamins and things. Like I don't really take vitamins and stuff like that. And I do have them, but they make me sick. So that's why I choose not to take them. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like the hair loss and stuff, I do, I do the gummies. The gummies don't make me sick. I'll do those. But 
drinking as far as like i don't know we've talked about yet but like alcoholic beverages i didn't start drinking alcoholic beverages till like maybe two years ago that's when i started because i was scared because they sold with the sugars and this and that doesn't phase me listeners i know you wanted to but everybody you wanted to know that so yeah everybody is different i think uh me and me and kim haven't had a drink yet but it's it's getting there you know not to derail what we're trying to do but you know we do have social gatherings every now and then and if we can tolerate it i guess it's all right but i think that we have a bigger mission in front of us uh kim is very motivated i'm getting more and more motivated all the time so you know we're gonna continue to try to stay on track the best that we can but yeah overall eva would you say that you're happy with your decision i mean if i could go back and do it again i would definitely do it again as far as like i know what the procedure is it's some people oh i'm scared some people are like four or five hundred pounds i mean you're either going to get scared because you're going to be so overweight and something's going to happen to you you're going to be scared because of the surgery right i decided to do the surgery i knew what i was going to be leaving behind but i was like one of these days i'm going to end up leaving them behind because i'm getting so overweight i i couldn't breathe like i walked from my door to the mailbox and i would already be tired or taking a shower i was like breathing breathing when covid hit i'm glad that i wasn't as heavy during covid because i'm still i think recovering from covid and it's been two years because i get tired when i get out of the shower i'm like you know and it's not because of the weight well not as much because of the weight and i just get so thirsty i get so dehydrated especially when i take a shower i don't know why i would do it again and i would i would like to try another one like i'm not at my goal i want to i want to lose a little bit more weight right I'm open. I would be open like to anything, but to like a revision yeah. or like a, a bypass instead of the sleeve and going like the full. Those are options that I was told. Uh huh. I went in for the bypass. Right. And he said that I didn't need it. Right. So um, I was like, well, he's a doctor. The bypass costs more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, if he's telling me to do this, it's probably what I need because why wouldn't he want to make more? Right. So I went ahead and got that one done. He says, if you're not happy, you can come back and get the other one done, the bypass. So I said, okay. But yeah, I would, I would have, if I could, I would have the bypass done. And is your, like, I guess for both of y'all, is y'all's regret that you didn't, like, because most people that have had the surgery and then people that haven't had it yet, they always ask the person that's had the surgery, like, hey, do you have any regrets? And then most people that have had the surgery and it's been successful for them, they'll usually say, I, the only regret I have is that I didn't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, that's a standard answer, right? Mm-hmm. Would you all feel the same way? Like, do you wish that maybe you would have done it sooner? You would have got more years of being smaller and... If or... I would have had the money to do it sooner, I would have definitely have done it sooner. But I mean, I read... Yeah, so just so our listeners know, you did mention that you had it done in Mexico. So you also, you paid cash money for it. Yeah. Right? Because you use insurance. Mine dollars cash. Okay, it's cash money. Okay. And I, I think that our surgeries in America is like $17,000, around 17 or 18. Ours was. And I only know that because we saw the bill and everything. But mom, how much do you think your surgery was back then? I just want to say though that we saw Five the bucks. bill, but it was, but we also had good, insurance. had good insurance. Yes. So I mean, your listeners out there, you know, check with your insurance. Sometimes your employers will even, you know, encourage it because you know it's it's a lot better for your health. So if you have insurance, check see see what it covers, how much it covers. Explore your options. Yeah, because the insurance state of mind is that if we can get you in this surgery and get you down some weight, we don't ha- you don't have high blood pressure anymore. Right. You don't have Cholesterol, all these health problems that you diabetes. need to go and get these big tests for, you know, and for the rest of your life, you know. So they're 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 smart. What were you gonna say, Mom? 
And I will say that um, I, I was on high blood pressure medicine when I got the surgery, but I was off of it right after. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I was only 47 then. My medicines have increased the older that I've gotten, but mm-hmm. it's it's from different things. It's not from the surgery. It's just... It's not like it's weight, just, r- weight it's related. It's not weight related. It's... Mm-hmm age related or genetics or whatever but i would have the surgery again in a heartbeat i mean i have lived my best life in the last 23 years Mm -hmm. because i'm able to wear clothes that i wasn't able to wear before i did have my arms done the brachioplasty because i had flags on both sides Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be able to wear sleeveless clothes i wanted I just, I said, I've lost the weight. I don't want to still have body shame for right. me. And it doesn't affect everybody that way. You mm-hmm. know, I wish I had the confidence that a lot of people have and and I don't have it. So that was important. That was important for me. But if you have any doubts that it, that it doesn't work, it does work. You just have to work at it. You have to put in the work. And you don't have to feel guilty about doing it because it's not easy by any means you have to change your mindset you have to deal with people not recognizing you in the stores or even relatives because because I don't know <laughs> you, you have changed so much right so that's just the way I feel I mean I feel like it's good for me I did it for myself this time I didn't do it for my you all were pretty much grown and out of the house but I wanted to be around to see my grandchildren and see them graduate and get married and all this kind of stuff. And I figured that was the only way that it was going to happen. So so you would definitely recommend anybody who's pondering weight loss to go for it. Go for it. Eva? Yeah, I would do it. No, and that's, that's good. It's, it's good to hear, like I said, we're talking about 23 years removed, six years removed, and they're still like, hey... If you're thinking about it, if you're if you, if you're if you're trailing in life because weight is bringing you down and it's not allowing you to do all the things that your family is doing because of weight, if weight is in your way, don't let it be in your way. If you have an option with your insurance, talk to them and see see what your options are. See what maybe you need to change insurances. Maybe next year you need to pay for insurance out of pocket for a plan that works for you so that you can address you know what you want to address but this has been like it's been really good the questions are really good i really like you know having you all here but there was some other things that i did want to talk about and one of those things was going to be for you mom because you know you were raised in the 50s and 60s and things like that right so food has changed from the 50s and 60s till now and you went through the fast food boom and that may have had a huge impact on how you got where you got emotional eating, difficult times, right? Growing up and, and, and being married and, you know, just having hard times and, and letting food be your outlet, much like we do for the same type of reasons, you know what I mean? So do you think it was easier then before, you know, when food was food? Did you always struggle with weight when you were younger? I did struggle with weight. In fact, when I was, uh, when Carol was getting married in 1969. Carol is your my sister. sister. Mm-hmm. My mother took me to our family doctor to get diet pills because I needed to lose about 20 pounds in order to be in the wedding. Wow. And my dad took one of our bikes and made it a stationary bike. You know, you just put it up on a rack and just pedal. So I was down in the family room doing that. And I mean, those 
what they call now as uppers, the diet pills that we were taking. Black, yeah, I, was gonna, I gotta black, say, black, like, black, any, black beauties or whatever they call them. It's pretty much just like a caffeine to get you going. Yeah, and so I lost about 25 pounds before Carol got married, and when we went to the wedding, everybody was focused on me instead of <laughs> on the bride because I had lost all the weight, but it was a pressure thing because my mom was always tiny until she got older and mm -hmm. she's size seven i was a size 14 and carol and i have always struggled with our weight mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you have you don't have the self-love right you, you're not accepting yourself for who you are because there's like your parents you know saying and, like hey you're you gotta that lose some weight that continued after i got married you know i didn't have the self-love for myself and or self-esteem and but I must say that over the last 14, 15 years, it's gotten a lot better. That's good. That's good. And that just goes back to, you know, we this is a bariatric surgery podcast, but we do talk about the fact that a lot of this is a lot of mental things. A lot of this is either, you know, we there's a reason for our food addiction most of the time. Some of it is buried deep within the emotion of being overweight and feeling like you're worthless because the people around you may be doing it. You know, they're going to the gym every day. They're, they're living their best life, living an adventurous life, and you're stuck on a couch or something because you're almost gotten to a point where you're just you can't you know you can't do anything else but that so the mental part of it is I I I think is one of the biggest and most important parts of this whole thing because you can build a habit you can start you can read a thing and says you can only eat this this and that and you can only eat that much you can follow directions but the way that you feel about yourself the way that you carry yourself the motivation that you take into the next day it's so hard to get sometimes especially so if you're in that place if you're in that rut and you're not talking to anybody about it if you're not seeking help to try to change your mindset so that you can reach the goals that you want to reach it's always going to be the same thing you're always going to have a hard time with it it doesn't matter how long you've been removed from the surgery it doesn't matter how good your diet is you'll never get to your true best self unless you unleash that you know unless you're like say you know what i'm not gonna make and i'm gonna care about myself i'm gonna self-love you know like especially as parents i feel selfish for taking time for myself i feel selfish for anything like that and i know that you know julie doesn't feel that way if i was gonna better myself my kids wouldn't feel that way so it's an excuse that i'm coming up with all by myself to stop me from going into the garage and work out right so again this is like this is all good for everybody and that's one thing that i learned about the last podcast when me and kim and ellie and julie were talking is that some stuff came out in that episode that we were not planning for but it was a it was a great thing because there are things that needed to be said, obviously, right? So the cat's out of the bag. We stayed and talked a little bit after the episode and we came to an agreement that, you know what, we need to watch out for each other, not just physically, but mentally. Push each other, drive each other, and, and, and again, always remind each other to give, give yourself grace. And I want to, I want this episode, if anything that you guys get aside from um, getting to know mom and Eva, take that with you, please. You know, if you've already gone through the surgery and if you're struggling post-surgery, if you're having gone through the surgery and you're kicking yourself because you feel like you don't deserve to enjoy your life and use the tool to do it, give yourself some grace. 
That being said, do you have anything else that you want to ask or share? All right, let's get to it. I wanted to remind our listeners that on our our first podcast, our first episode, that I did mention that when I decided to do this, it um, I had gone to speak to a bariatric counselor prior uh, just to get information about it. Got all the information five or, five or six years ago, probably, and uh, got all the information, thought about it, and I was like, nope, this is not for me. Why? Because... I love food and I wasn't ready to separate myself and I was not mentally prepared. So fast forward five, six years forward is when I was just like, okay, I think I'm ready. And I think that it's important to be mentally ready because to be in the place I am right now, physically, emotionally, and mentally, I would not have been able to do it five or six years ago. I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And and now that now I am, I'm enjoying my workouts. Um, I have purpose. I have purpose to work out, not only for my own purposes, like I I want, it, I want to avoid a right knee total knee replacement as much as possible. For as long as possible. For as long as possible. And um, I want to be here for my family. So that purpose didn't change. I just wasn't ready to give up food in the amounts that I wanted to have at my dispense at any time I wanted it. So that is definitely something that you know, just give yourself that mental grace to mm-hmm. give yourself that time and don't jump into it because I think that's why a lot of people end up relapsing because they weren't ready for it. And right. then they end up eating their sorrows again. You know, and, and that's getting in a rut, getting back to that rut because that's what we know. Right. Right. So learning how to give yourself self love, whether it's, you know, through mediation, through meditation, through exercise, through walking, through whatever it is then that then that's what that's what needs to be done so take care of yourself in all aspects before you jump into something because this is this is a lifetime that's yeah that's really good advice and i also wanted to get your update so we always want to share that with the listeners kind of where they're at how are you doing i'm at 55 pounds uh loss since surgery Um, but you look like you gained some muscle i definitely gained a a lot of inches Mm -hmm. and i'm filling out my muscles um, but I haven't gained gained weight because of muscle. There you go. Yet I'm just losing inches. Um, I scrub size scrub size down and um, feeling good. Yeah. So I, I was wearing a four X. This is a three X, but I, I really yeah, think I'm I think I think X. I'm going into a two already, which is awesome. I'm down. I'm I'm at three sixty this morning. I was at three sixty, which is for eighty six pounds since October eighteenth. So we're moving and grooving, and I haven't done the working out stuff yet, but. I'm glad I have you here because me and Julie have come up with, we're going to do a 31 day challenge starting tomorrow. Nice. And we're going to do it for the whole, well, actually we're going to do 29 days. Yes. Score. We picked the right month to start it. So we're going to do 29 days of, you know, we're going to commit to it. So it starts tomorrow. Uh, I'll keep the listeners posted on how that's going because this is a big thing. Anybody that's been listening to our episodes knows that I've been struggling with getting my butt in the gym and I'm excited to do it because I I have a vision of myself. And this is like what I was talking about earlier. I have a vision of what I want to look like and what I want to feel like. And I want to, I want that. So I need to give myself some grace, but I also need to give myself a kick in the butt and, and, and get it going. So hopefully that journey starts tomorrow. And again, I'll keep you posted on that. But 
one more thing before we go, because I wanted to make sure that the, the listeners like kind of know. So when you had your surgery, you were, you had high blood pressure, yes. right? Yeah. But you also had other things going on, right? You had, I mean, it was it just the high blood pressure that I have back problems and uh, knees, knee. Well, it wasn't just one, it just one knee. Okay. It's like if I kept it bent for too long, like I traveled or whatever, but I don't have that anymore. I do have occasional back pain, but legs, uh, you had leg swelling. Uh, and I had my feet would swell so bad that if I took my shoes off, I couldn't get them back on. Mm-hmm. I really don't have that anymore. Well, that's the first thing that Julie noticed about me is that, I mean, that's what everybody said, that you just kind of like, you get less puffy, you know? You start, I mean, I remember mom, like me and you were kind of twins, you know what I mean? Because while we were about the same size, of course, I was only like, I was, when we were younger, when we were living in Virginia and you were, you know, bigger and I was bigger and we were trying to exercise and all that stuff, we were just big people just trying to make it happen, you know? So, um, Eva, you had high blood pressure? Mm-hmm. And was that like... An- I had high blood pressure by myself and then with my pregnancies it was like even Off worse. the chain, yeah. That's when I had the triplets. My blood pressure went really, really high and that's why I ended up having them earlier. Right. And so now blood pressure is good? No issues? Um, no medications? No, I've never taken medication. Oh, you never did? Okay. I think, I think, yeah, everything's good. I don't feel bad. And when I go to the doctor, like routine or whatever, they don't tell me that it's high or anything, so... That's good. That's good. So it just, it just goes, I mean, I don't, I had really high blood pressure. I almost like, I thought I was going to die the week before surgery. I didn't, I'm still here, but it was bad. It was, I was getting scared. So Ma, do you think that you would have, if you hadn't had the surgery, if you would, you think you'd still be here? Um, I probably, I might've been here, but I would have been on a lot more of uh, medication. I would have not been able, I'd probably be walking. We'd probably be rolling, rolling you around or something. Or a cane or something. And and then even the diabetes, maybe it would have been a full on type of thing, you know? I'm pre-diabetic, I'm not diabetic. But that's right now, post-surgery, you know what I mean? So yeah. imagine if you would have just, it would have, yeah. it probably could have been something. There, I've talked to some people and they are diabetic when they get the surgery. And as soon as they get off, get out of the surgery a week or two later, they're not on diabetic medicine anymore. That's crazy. They're, they're taken off already. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. I'm no longer pre-diabetic either. But I, I am, I still am pre-diabetic, but uh, I'm on medication. Well, this has been, um, like I said, it's been a great experience. I hope you all have enjoyed spending time and talking about this stuff. And I, we just appreciate you coming and taking the time to be on me and Kim's endeavor because I know it's it's not it's not y'all's thing, but you're still supporting us just the way that our family always does. So we're super thankful and we're super happy that you were here and and again took the time. It's it's really good to to know that we have y'all's support and that we also have y'all's knowledge at our beck and call if we ever needed if we had a question more than likely you've experienced it or heard about it before we have and have lived through some of those things so you provide comfort in areas where we don't know what's what's next so thank you again and thank you everybody for who's who's listening to our podcast we've got a lot of support we've got people listening and enjoying it and leaving really good feedback i want to remind you that if you are listening to the podcast please follow the podcast 
podcast, review the podcast, you know, leave some stars on there. The more we are recognized, the more the more people, whenever they search, we're gonna pop up a little bit quicker and they'll be able to like find us a little bit better. So it's all part of the social media game and the, the podcast game and I'm not an expert on it, but I do know that uh, your feedback is important to us. If you have questions for us, message us on Instagram at Sleeve It or Not Podcast. Uh, just go in there and uh, just search it on Instagram, Sleeve It or Not Podcast, and we're right there. You can message us. We'd love to hear some questions that you might have for us, uh, something that you may want us to add on to the show, people that you think would be a great fit for the show that we could have on. We do have ideas for the future and we want to continue to keep the show rolling. So again, we thank you for everybody that's listening. We thank you for your time today. And uh, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.